happy Friday. Welcome to Mad Hat Economics. This is Jackie Stein. And as always, I'm here with Professor David Just. Hello. And our guest star, Catalina Valles. Welcome, Catalina. Hello. Thank you for taking me here today. Thank you for being here. <laughs> well, we literally look forward to getting started on this conversation. Today, we're talking about Catalina's paper on something called retro foods. So a quick anecdote. What Would you like to tell us? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So when I was starting doing this research, I found this very fun post on internet about search soda that was about this woman who asked, who told his brother that actually uh, Search Soda was back and he came out of his coma and jump in one food and then get back to a coma. So how long had this person been in a coma? Do you know? It's just... I, I think she wrote it more as a joke. Okay, good. But yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I hope that he wasn't in a coma though. I don't know. It, it, maybe this is something we should be trying around the country with everybody in a coma. Just... Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm being interested in retro food since for millennials, it's being like kind of very important to have things that attach us to our uh, youth. So we are a generation of people that actually wants to get back to things that brings them comfort and, and nostalgia, those days that we were at home and we have everything in our hands. So I think that's why a lot of things like Netflix programs mm -hmm. like Gilmore Girls or Full House came back because there is a need to leave that nostalgia. And I think industry is taking part of it. So when we're talking about retro foods, are we specifically talking about bringing back something that was familiar long ago that disappeared? Or are we talking about also just in general, you know, a, a desire to eat foods that are maybe of an older vintage? Um, you know, because there, there are certainly a lot of people who want to, you know, refer to the lifestyle from decades ago as being healthier and, and want to go that direction, which... Absolutely. So we talk about both, but um, in my specific research is more about the products per yeah. se that came back or the products that the people want to get back into their hands. So also about the products or, or the lifestyle that we wish to have now and we remember as it was like different and we really think that it was healthier but it was really healthier or it's just only in our memory just because we are thinking that or our parents think that it was healthier so yeah that could be true but no this paper is not about that <laughs> but it, it, that's not what you're yeah, looking at but it's, yeah, yeah that's not what i'm looking at definitely uh but yeah definitely it works the same way yeah absolutely so if you're thinking about search soda, though, it's not this desire for this healthier lifestyle that uh, that people used to live. It's 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 a soda. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But the thing is that um, for like for CPG companies or for food industry, it's very difficult to bring back a product that was made 20 years ago when FDA didn't actually prohibited hundreds and thousands of ingredients. So nowadays, uh, when you try to bring back a product like Twinkie or uh, like search soda, you need to recreate the same thing, but you cannot use the same ingredients. So yeah. what are you doing? How are you going to capitalize all those sensorial experience without being able to use the same ingredients that were healthier 
in the past. So, and and what are the options? Like they could bring back surge soda in smaller cans. I mean, that could be an option. Yeah, I mean, so in in other words, they they might not bring it back exactly as it was before, and and some of that might be you know engaging food scientists and and employing them to mm-hmm. <laughs> to to make sure it actually resembles something like what they had before but you're saying also just let, let's make this different let's make it healthier than it was so retro and vintage i mean it's not something new i mean people like to to feel nostalgia right but the thing with retro food is all your five cents are involved so it's very different that bringing the beetle back, right? Uh, where you, yeah, it's more or less the same image. Um, um, they moved the engine, but other yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But what I'm saying is that, for example, we know that aroma, it's connected to the amygdala. Mm-hmm. And the amygdala is the organ that actually processes our memory. So if we want to bring back something as food, it will be very difficult to be able to put together all these five senses and be able to bring a successful product into the market. So that's why it's interesting because it's not as easy as other type of products like Mm -hmm. toys Mm -hmm. or cars or television shows. It's a thing that it needs to make that people feel like they were before without being cheated. Like I think making this smaller uh, can the people won't feel cheated because they don't remember the size of the can, but they do remember the smell, the flavor, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah all the rest of it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes How sense. keen are they on the, the memory of it, per se? Or is it that if they have most of the same ingredients and the, the taste isn't too far off, it's that memory that they're... Um, adding to the memory, they're rebuilding the memory, and a little bit of deviation won't harm them, or is it... That's a very uh, good question. mm -hmm. Actually, memory is very deviated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what the food scientists and I think um, the food industry is working on, it's trying to actually understand what the people remembers and it's why consumers that are asking for this products because uh, th- that's the main motivation if you don't have consumer asking for a search soda to come back mm-hmm. food industry is not going to put an effort on it or yeah. probably is not going to be as successful okay. but if you go to the media and check for people asking for products from their childhood you will find a good opportunity then so that it's the first step like search what is people interested on there is a lot a lot of community pages asking for products to come back like Doritos 3D like Twinkies I heard about a lot of cereals so it's it's really about um food industry get engaged with consumers so it's this going to be like a co-creation of value of this new product and really understand what they remember and what is the experience that they remember probably they don't care if it tastes the same but if they can share it with their family which is like kind of Doritos, like it's it's a share, it was a shareable or, or or things like that. So for the food industry, for marketeers, I think it's very important to try to understand that what are like the, those specifics for that type of product that makes that's, it. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing because it it 
is not necessarily going to be just the product itself, but right. also sort of the experience, right? I mean, I, I, I remember my father was a professor at Maryland and we, we would go to the basketball games every game, right? And every game, halftime, he would run and buy two Klondike bars, like plain vanilla Klondike mm -hmm. bars, right? And to me, that's an experience I always associate with going to sports activities, right? So there, it's it's sure, it's the taste, it's the smell, it's, it's you know, everything about that, that experience, but it's also the place, right? Mm -hmm. I don't care about having Klondike bars at home. I care about having them at some sort of athletic event with my kids or whatever it might be. And, and so for the marketer, you've got to think about how do we get people to, you know, remember their experience with this food and how did they use it? What were they using it for? It's more than just putting it back on the, the retail grocery shelf where they have, you know, many people may overlook it because they're not looking for it to begin with. And if they see it, will they recognize it with the new packaging? There's, I think, a huge element to, does it look the same to yeah. A, to trigger that memory, but B, to say, that's the same product that I remember when I was a kid. I also have a, a personal example. I really like, it's an Asian uh, snack marketer. They do the, the, the strawberry cream filled uh, koala bears. And there's another marketer, or Menji, that does the panda bear cream filled, um, strawberry cream filled, but the Menji brand with the, with the pandas are more present in general, and I haven't found the like stra strawberry specifically that flavor koalas. I, 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 but I've seen the pandas everywhere, and I was like, no. And even before I looked it up, I remembered it was a koala bear. And so I'm less inclined to, uh, yeah, I grabbed the pandas a few times, but I'm less inclined to buy it as frequently or as often, just because there wasn't a standard place like like a basketball game for me. That, that I consumed it and I just remembered my mom buying them and yeah. being in the car and she'd give us these little snack packs of them. So, but they don't have koala bears. So I think that there's, in seeing the panda that throws off my memory and it makes me notice the difference in, in what what's back. And even though maybe the, the panda bears were around just as long, it wasn't what I was, you know, used to. used to, exactly. So it almost put some distance between, yeah. Right. That's interesting. Um, I have a, a very good example. So PepsiCo launched a product in Mexico that was gone for like 20 years or so. Um, they have a bakery platform there and they launched this product that was called Flippy. So the Flippy in the past was kind of a Twinkie for Americans and they discontinued this product. And now the people that used to eat that product is in between their 35s and their 40s. So they have kids and this product is targeted for kids. So PepsiCo did a huge campaign. We're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. But it was targeted to kids. So <laughs> when yeah. it get back and they have it, it, it was gone in one week. So they get out of product in they, one They week. sold out. They sold out. Yeah. So they actually, the people were so keen about the product. And so like, they were so nostalgic about it that they were... And I'm quoting, they were buying it for their kids, but they are, were eating the product. So it, it was like kind of sharing that experience with their kids too, because I mean, this is something that I was, I used to eat when I was a kid. I eat it now, but I want you to eat it too. So they ran out and there was 
all around the media about that, like where to find it. Someone has a stock somewhere, send it to me. People were selling them in Amazon. So like the same case with Search Soda that was over. Yeah. Yeah. So and those are actually successful stories that I'm pretty sure marketeers and PepsiCo didn't plan for it. They didn't plan that actually it was going to be uh, that successful and they did a huge campaign before. So I think one of the most important things for companies that want to do this type of thing, it's to do a campaign before. Mm -hmm. So to make produce expectation so that people will say, yeah, it's coming back, it's coming back. And that was one of your comments is how we make it just not to be in the shelf and that's it. It's preparing the people that it's going to be there, expect for it, look for it, It's if it's already there. So this kind of triggers another memory of a campaign when Coca-Cola came out with, they used to have their old ad, I want to buy the world a Coke, and then they brought that back and then they set very cleverly vending machines up in different areas and if you put a dollar in you could buy someone somewhere in the world a coke and then you could watch on your you know or you could send it over the computer and then there were vending machines around the world that had hey a coke is available for you and then someone would get their coke and there would be a video where the person that sent the money could see the person retrieving the coke and being happy so in what role does not just coca-cola is not bringing back a product but they're bringing back an ad so that has some retro feel to it that may bring people back to the same feelings of nostalgia towards Coke. How do you view this? How do you view maybe strategies for CBG firms versus immediately trying to bring back old products versus trying to bring back successful ads? I think probably what Coke did was to look for which were the campaigns that did work in the past and which were the campaigns that actually could bring nostalgia. Nostalgia is very powerful. It's Uh, an emotional tie, really, right? That's what they're activating. Exactly. So capitalize nostalgia. And and if you find the right ad or the right color even, Mm -hmm. or the right bottle, I know that Coke does, like, sometimes they launch their their old... Glass bottle. The vintage bottle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're like, I want to have... just to like it's the same coke it's just nothing <laughs> changes it's just but yeah is it's, that... it's not the same in that bottle it's much better <laughs> and, and the, i'm Trust pretty me. sure the formula has changed a lot <laughs> over the years but yeah so i think th- these companies need to really understand what is what is going to work it's just mm-hmm. not something from the past and that's it right. Is yeah, bringing anything from the past is not going to work. It's bringing something that it's really uh, important. And social media nowadays will let you know what is really important. I mean, Search Soda guys, actually, it was through social media that they did all the Search Soda movement and they put like a blackboard in front of Coca-Cola's headquarters asking for the product back. But if you read the comments of the people, they say that they were running to check the Coca-Cola truck to give them signatures of people like asking for it. So, and you, if you see all these web pages and Instagrams and things, Facebook, Twitters of things that the people want to come back, wanted to come back, I think it's a very good resource for companies. Mm-hmm 
to start like co-creating products and bring them back. Talk a little bit more about co-creating. Is that kind of the company putting some information out there about they're considering bringing back this product and then seeing how much reaction they get on social media? Or is it just kind of maybe putting a, a Google alert for any time this product is mentioned? It could be of both ways. I think both ways are, are good research methods. Mm-hmm. But I think what it's important is to have enough amount or big mass of people that is actually asking for it because there is a lot of like yeah if it's just me or you that want your panda back I'm pretty sure that probably if they bring the panda back I don't I'm not pretty sure it's going to be successful or not but if you <laughs> it's a koala I'm sorry it's the okay. koala or a specific flavor mm-hmm. because you know you, you sometimes dreams oh why they took that flavor out yeah. of the market and yeah. probably yeah. it was because only you buy it so <laughs> yeah that's a possibility yeah necessarily if you're reintroducing something at some point it was a good idea to cancel it exactly <laughs> true that, yeah, that exactly another, mm-hmm. so why are you bringing it back so mm-hmm. i think both methodologies work but a lot of research needs to be done and qualitative research mm-hmm. needs to be done and then quantitative obviously in the field of like when you want to bring back a retro food product right I mean, any retro and any nostalgia, but I think for me it's important food because I was explaining you will you will need to bring all your all of your senses and really try to understand which one of those it's the one that you need to like make a push. It seems like bringing back a retro food versus a new product and developing a new product could be potentially just as risky, if not more, if it doesn't meet the standards as that people remember. Yeah, that's exactly right. But so innovation, So we were talking about another thing here. Mm -hmm. So innovation can come from just a line extension to a really breakthrough innovation, right? Right. If you are a company that want to go with a sure thing, you can go with retro. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, line extensions, yeah, those work until a certain point. Breakthrough, it could be a total success, it could be a total failure, and breakthrough innovation actually is most costly than the, the other type of innovation. And so when you go with retro, you actually could invest probably even the same amount of resources that you invested in doing a line extension, but you actually bring in something that you are sure people would like. I am more sure than just bringing innovation. Yeah, because you can actually find, it's easy Mm -hmm. to gauge the demand for it, even though it's not out on the market because people are already talking about it. They already know what it is. And there is a strategy like, just launch it for a period of time. So mm-hmm. like seasonal and we're bringing back seasonal this product. And if it works, then you can actually do it. The whole. So I know we're talking a lot about search soda, uh, but they are actually a great example of it. Um, so they actually launch it through Amazon. And yeah, I mean, all other ways that they, they probably just made one batch and wait to see what happened. Yeah. And you don't you don't need to take up shelf space with it in a store right. or anything. You just here it is on Amazon and you make sure the people who are interested hear about it. Right? right. That's it. And they used to know the product. So you probably have in your archives something about a formulation, something about the mm-hmm. old advertising, something about. So, yeah, I think it, it's a good go if you are like 
lacking of innovation plan this year mm -hmm. and you need some money in your pocket <laughs> uh, to make the numbers or help another company like if you're a consultancy to help another company to make the numbers so I think that's it's not like the only mm -hmm. type of innovation but I think that it, it's a good way to go and it's a uh, I would say if the research is done well it's a safe way to go Are there any cross-cultural variations or different between country differences that RetroFood has, either for the consumer or the firm? Well, when you talk about culture, it's funny because like in the U.S. where you have like multiple cultures, if you only to bring in products from another country, mm -hmm. from their your country of origin makes you feel nostalgic. So there is uh, the biggest communities in the U.S., if I'm not wrong, are the Latinos and the Asians. So if the stores or the companies that have actually places uh, that produce their food like Coca-Cola or Mondelez or etc. etc. Bring small batches of this product to big supermarkets like Walmart, like Target, whatever. That's actually an opportunity to have customers to go buy it. Because you know, as a foreigner, you actually are always looking for something that reminds you to your place. But also There is like, ah uh, yeah, there is a Mexican store like down the hill, five miles away if you want to find something, right? Well, probably not with Mexican, but I don't know if you're Korean ingredients or whatever. So that's also an opportunity for, for companies to actually not bring retro, mm -hmm. but make products... For the common shelf, like for the where all the cookies are, well, let's bring the, I don't know, the Guatemalan, uh, well, it's not a big community, but, um, sure. but um, I don't know, the Thai cookies or whatever. And it's, it's going to engage with that community, but, you know, it's not just that community, right? So there, there are going to be other people who have vacationed there or who mm -hmm. have some attachment, even if they didn't come right. from exactly. there, right? Exactly. Where the notion that, oh, the chocolate of Europe is so much better. It's got, I know when I was in France, they had these, I think it was... Kindo, the Kindo bars with the hazelnut cream in the center, and they're really light. Bueno. Yeah, like Bueno bars. Oh, yeah. those are so good. And I, I went to Wegmans. I think Wegmans might have it, but they have a lot of different candies from around the world. They have, yeah. what's nice is they have a section labeled Asian food, Spanish food, so you know, okay, they have all the snack food items that you can get, and that's where I believe I saw the chocolate koala bears. They don't have the strawberry yet. <laughs> but they yeah. have different things available things that wow I didn't know I could because I'm one of those people that I will go online and I, I shop there's an international candy website I like my international candy so that I will go that far to get it but now I can just go to Wegmans and they, they, they'll, they'll actually take requests you know actually I found that out <laughs> recently very, very good I, yeah I, no I love the store every mm -hmm. every time I see it now and again I lived in Norway for a while Brunost uh, brown cheese right oh. mm -hmm. it's very 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 good. Don't expect it to taste like cheese, though. But okay. it's very, very good. <laughs> but every time I see it there, I have to have to buy it. Right? Doesn't doesn't matter what I'm there for. I'm buying that. Exactly, and and <laughs> that drives me. So there is um, this concept of ethnic marketing, mm -hmm. and a lot of companies are taking advantage of this and uh, launching 
making products that are like trying to target those feelings of, of being part of a certain culture and a certain country or some certain political party. So uh, there is a lot of tons of way that you can actually, <laughs> no, it, it's true. So during presidential campaign, mm-hmm. I think it was Budweiser that did this, that renamed their uh, beer America or something like that and, and had all of these patriotic images on their can. I remember I was, I was called several times and interviewed about this because I don't think they intended it, but it, it ended up looking like they were, <laughs> you know, trying to collude with Donald Trump on their ad campaign in some way. Yeah, they were just trying to be supportive of the election in general. <laughs> but it was, yeah, but it... it but it ended up really connecting right. with a certain political affiliation right. in a in a funny way, and I don't I don't know how it worked out whether that was good for them or not. But it was right. uh, it was interesting nonetheless. Yeah, I think <laughs> as humans as human beings we want to anchor with something. Mm-hmm. So nostalgia is a great way to do it, and through your political party or through your country of origin or I mean or even to through your childhood you can actually make it happen so I think it's not only bringing retro although the the subject of this was retro but trying to make nostalgia happen in, in a good way but a lot of this as you're saying are accidents yeah yeah <laughs> it sounds like it I mean it sounds like it's almost happenstance you can plan for it in some mm-hmm. ways because like you said it's a known quantity you know and you can somehow gauge the demand even though it's not out there in the market now because people know about it and they'll talk about it but uh, but still it seems like most of the the big nostalgia sort of successes are wow we didn't realize that was going to happen right. <laughs> yeah, totally So that was a great note to end on, whether it's culture, whether it's your childhood, there's always a point of remembrance and something to bring back and connect to in the marketplace. And as companies learn that these connections are out there and may be difficult to tackle demand, there could be some kind of indications via social media and, and the internet that are really helping us gather that data and information. So some very good consideration points for the coming year. Thank you so much, Catalina, for joining us and talking to us about retro food and its many applications. Thank you both. Um, David and Jackie, thank you very much. (laughs) Wonderful. So this has been Mad Hat Economics. This show is produced by Liam Wicks-Doe. You can find us at our Twitter handle at Mad Hat Economics, or you can email us Mad Hat Econ. That's M-A-D-H-A-T-E-C-O-N at gmail.com. It can also be read Mad Hate. (laughs) (laughs) Mad Hate. Thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful weekend.